Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margo, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about how to improve your body image. This is a topic that I've wanted to discuss on the podcast for a very long time, and I am so excited because I am joined by a very special guest, Rebecca Sagala. I hope I said your last name correctly. Um, She is an incredible fine art boudoir photographer and a body image coach. So who better to discuss these things than her? Um, She's really helping women ditch diet culture and embrace their bodies as they are. She is based here in Israel and we're so excited to have you. Welcome, Rebecca. Yay. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited about this conversation. Me too. Me too. So we're here in a studio. I want to thank the folks at Thought Leaders. Uh, This podcast is brought to you from their recording studio. Um, So thank you to Thought Leaders for letting us record here today. And I'm really excited. So Rebecca, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, and we're going to have a very fun, intimate, and juicy conversation about body image and boudoir photography. So take it away, girl. Awesome. So I'm Rebecca. I am a body image coach and boudoir photographer, like you said. Boudoir boudoir photography um, is intimate and empowering portraits for women. I've been doing this work for almost a decade now, which is really wow. crazy to say. Um, and yeah, it's just really through the photography has become my passion to help women feel comfortable in their skin and embrace their bodies exactly as they are. We're really bombarded by diet culture and beauty standards and all of these things from a very, very young age. And I found that through my photography that every single woman struggles with it on a certain level in different ways. Everyone Mm -hmm. has like their own unique body story. Um, But once I realized I wasn't alone in it, I was like, we got to do something about this. Amazing. And um, a few years ago, I became officially became a coach. I feel like I've really been doing it for so long, like yeah. ever since I started the photography um, and started doing like one-on-one coaching and group coaching programs and things like that. Um, because I see boudoir photography, the intimate portraiture, as one tool to help women improve their body image and really step into their power. Um, but that's just one tool. We have right. a lot of different tools that we can use and utilize in our journey towards self-love and self-acceptance. Awesome. I'm sure that your time behind the camera really was the beginning of your body image coaching. And I'm sure that there were ways in which you were teaching women how to pose and probably doing very intimate introductions with them, getting them comfortable on camera. I'm sure that that in and of itself is a form of body image coaching, right? I would assume. Totally. Because you really have to create a safe environment and a safe space for women to feel comfortable enough to trust you and to trust themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have to really kind of coach them into that state of being. Mm -hmm. Um, And really that state of being is just them being themselves. Um, But it's really hard for us to do that and hard for us to like be present in our bodies. Um, So I like, you know, would have a consultation before the boudoir session um, and have kind of like a lead up to the session. Now it's much more um, in depth. I do like a coaching call with people. I have a whole preparation guide and lots of resources for my clients to really feel like confident in their body before they even step into my studio. Um, 
but yeah, it's always been a thing. And um, I'm just really happy about the way that it's come together. And it's a really healing and empowering experience for my clients. Awesome. I wanted to ask you, when you shoot, you have both your studio. Um, also, do you shoot folks in their homes where they're also comfortable? What is the logistics of a boudoir shoot? Where does it all happen? Yeah, well, I opened my studio last year, which was such a dream come true. It was like one of those far off dreams. Oh, one day I'll have a studio. Mm -hmm. And then it just like happens. All this, thank you. The stars aligned. Thank God. Um, and I love having a studio because I think it kind of takes women out of like the everyday life of like their dishes in the sink yeah. and their kids and right. whatever it may be. Um, so they get to kind of really step away. Um, once in a while, I'll still go to someone's home if it just like makes sense logistically for mm -hmm. them or like maybe they have some kind of physical handicap where they actually can't come out to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely open to that. Um, but I think most people like want to come to the studio now. Awesome. And you're obviously based here in Israel. Where is your studio? So it's in Afrat. It's cool. in Gush Etzion, um, which is also like just like an interesting location for a boudoir studio yes, to be. Yes. It's like a modern Orthodox Dati Lumi community. Um, it's actually where I started my business because we've lived there for the last 11 years. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, like a lot of my clients have never even been to the Gush before. Right. Um, so it's just like a new experience all around. <laughs> yes, cool. Um, shout out to my ex who's from there. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I've been there myself. Um, didn't get as, you know, as much fun as a boudoir photo shoot. Yeah, um, it's usually pretty boring besides that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Speaking of the faith aspect and the religious aspect, do you shoot photos of women who are of religious backgrounds and so I'd love to hear more about your experience with that because I'm sure a lot of women maybe from that background would either I don't know tell us more about that yeah so I'd say more than half of my clients are from religious backgrounds it's like I said the community that I started my business in um, and just through word of mouth and the circles that I'm in a lot of religious women do come to me of all different levels and observances. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, of all different levels and ob observances. And when people, ask, you know, it's kind of like a, a shocking thing for people mm -hmm. to hear like, oh, my gosh, you photograph religious women. And I'm like, there's really no difference like when I'm actually working with these women like we're all women we have right. so much more commonalities than we do differences um and when it comes down to like people being in that like intimate and vulnerable space it's like everything all the all the out outward things kind of just like melt away and you get to like really be yourself yeah that's really why I'm so attracted to this work I love like just being real with people and really giving them the space to be themselves um, but on the other hand, because they're not expressing their sexuality outwardly, except for mm -hmm. within the kind confines of their marriage or like their own bedroom, right? Um, it is a cool opportunity for them to do it somewhere else and just feel like sexy and beautiful for themselves. Cool. Um, and and yeah, it's really cool. I have like I'm going to the states in the spring with my makeup artist, and I have like a couple women from Brooklyn, from like Hasidic communities, wow. and it's it's always been like that. It's always been really a melting pot of women, and um, I think we all have this innate desire to be ourselves and be seen for who we really are. 
Yes, I love that. And really bringing that divine feminine energy into it. Yes. Have you ever experienced backlash in the community that you live in for what you do? So yes, initially, like it was kind of crazy. It was just like, you know, everyone was kind of talking about it, mm. like whispers behind my back, like literally whispers behind my back wow. when I would walk on Shabbat. And no way. they're like, oh my God, that's her. I can't believe whatever. And I would get phone calls from people being like, how could you do this? Like I get doing it privately, but like you're posting it online and like it's not holy and it's not right. And like, I just, I've been on my own religious journey, mm -hmm. um, but even then when I would, I guess, consider myself more quote unquote religious, whatever mm -hmm. that really means. Right. Um, I just knew deep down in my bones how important it was. And I was like able to shut out all those voices. Yeah. I'm sure on mikvah night when those <laughs> uh, boudoir shoots are coming through and a woman knows that she's about to get these beautiful photographs taken of her, not just for her partner but for herself that's probably really exciting yeah i mean some of my clients have related the boudoir experience and the preparation to their mikvah experience as well wow i'm um, like getting ready taking care of themselves like all that kind of lead up um and also yeah like it is something nice to share with your partner but i think that as my time as a boudoir photographer has just like really evolved I think almost all of the women that are coming to me are really doing it for themselves. It's beautiful. And then it's like a benefit that their partner gets to see it and enjoy it. Sure, sure. Know? And what about women who are not in intimate relationships that want to come and have their photographs taken for themselves? What percentage of your clients are there just to have some awesome photos of their hotness yes. for themselves? Well, whenever anyone's single, I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's amazing because like, there's literally no drive to do it for anyone else. You're not like, oh my God, my boyfriend thinks my butt is hot. Let's get some shots of my butt. Mm -hmm. Or I think he'd really like this long, he or she would like this lingerie or whatever it right. may be. And you just don't have that in your mind. You get to define your own sexuality, your own beauty, like for yourself. Yeah. And that's really, really powerful. Like for people who are in relationships, they have to kind of like, compartmentalize that a little bit like okay I actually am doing this for myself and they have to like let go of like the guilt of doing that for themselves right. whereas if you're single and you decide to do this it's like this is just for me I love that that's hot sometimes mom if you're <laughs> listening this is the time to turn off the podcast but sometimes <laughs> I take my best photos when I'm not trying to you know take them for anybody else with no intention of anybody else seeing them or receiving them in any way so wow. you know sometimes it's fun. usually when i'm in a hotel if i'm on vacation and i'm in a hotel of some kind why do that's you think, when why do you think that is like you're just present i think so and also the setting is just more unique and probably more aesthetic than anywhere right. else in my my apartment so right. I'm like, like getting away to my studio same thing true true that's a really good point i can see now why that studio would be really valuable for you because if I were in my own space, it's not that I can't feel sexy in my own apartment, but you know, I have the dog and the neighbor's kid who's fucking screaming and all that other shit. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, I'm sure that going to a new place kind of helps you step into even a new energy or even a new personality kind of. For sure. Like we're like not a Sasha just fierce. Nice. Yeah. It's not just, we're not just one way. We're right. dynamic human beings. So like even when people are telling me about like how they envision their boudoir shoot to be, it's like, sexier sultry like feminine soft bdsm me like whatever it may right. be and it's like 
sometimes it's a combination of everything because we have different parts of ourselves and then you get to kind of explore it and find like what feels good to you. Definitely. Definitely. What made you decide to focus your love for photography on boudoir? So I, what made me start? My husband and I were both photographers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started doing like every kind of photography under the sun. Um, Just like getting our business started here in Israel. And I came across, because we're self-taught photographers, Mm. I like came across a course that was about, I didn't end up taking the course. I just thought, (laughs) I just thought it was cool. But it was like about glamour and boudoir photography. And one of the photographers had like a, a promo video and I was just attracted to the idea of a woman being able to tap into this side of herself. Cool. It was like kind of like a mom waking up in the morning with all her kids all over mm-hmm. her and like milk spilling and whatever. And then just showing up to this photo shoot, getting her hair and makeup done, like feeling like an absolute goddess. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's really fun. And I love like designing things. I love like the creative parts of it. Like just wardrobe styling. I used to like um, in high school, I had a fashion club and I was planning on cool. going to fashion school. And so it just kind of like made sense for me. Um, but I did not realize how powerful and like transformational these shoots could be. And it was like the first or second shoot that I, it really hit me that women were just like this completely changed my life. It completely changed the way I saw myself. I've never felt like a woman before this day. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, whoa, wait, like I've tapped into something much deeper than I even imagined. Awesome. And you recently did your own boudoir photo session. So what <laughs> was it like for you being on the other side of the camera and who took the photos for you? Yeah, I did it yesterday. I've done multiple boudoir sessions over the years but I haven't done one in three years which is really kind of crazy the last one I did was a maternity session for my my baby like well not for my baby for myself (laughs) while I had a baby in my belly um and and yesterday was amazing it was such I mean I do these sessions for my own personal growth Mm -hmm. I also want to continually tap into what my clients are facing what they're experiencing the good feelings the uncomfortable feelings the body image stuff which we're about to talk about um and it was like a whole process leading up to the actual session there was like at one point I was like just totally like out of my body totally feeling uncomfortable with certain things I actually got a piece of lingerie in the mail that Mm -hmm was super strappy and like something that I would never envision myself in before. Not because I didn't think it was hot, but like, you know, I think we have these ideas in our minds, like I can pull this off or I can pull this off, but like, that's not for my body type. Right. And that was one of those things for me. And it was like a suspender with like those like corset, garter like belt, bell, kind of yeah, garter belt stuff. It was really hot. Um, and I put it on and I was just like, like, I hate this oh my God, I'm a body image coach. I help other women do this. And I'm like, okay. Like the first thing that I told myself was like, it's okay to feel this way. Mm -hmm. Like we got to like feel our feelings and be able to sit in the discomfort of it. Can't lie to myself. I can't run away from it. It's here. It's facing me. Like, what am I going to do with it Mm -hmm. next? Um, I went through a whole process that I actually use frequently with my clients um, to really shift the way that I saw myself in the piece of lingerie. But for a couple weeks, I was like kind of depressed. And my my uh, husband was like, um, 
he was like, where's the body image coach for Becca? Like she needs one, you know? And, but I really worked on it. I really let myself feel the feelings. Um, I, I normalized it. I started looking at influencers that like had similar body types Mm. to mine. I actually found one of the influencers that I follow, she was wearing the exact piece of lingerie. Who is that I it? Bought. Tell us. Her name's Nellie London. Okay. Have you heard of her before? No, but for all of you listening, grab your phones after you're done listening to the podcast and yeah. check her out. Yeah, she's awesome. What do you like about her? She's just unapologetic. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's who we want to follow. That's like what's inspirational. All of unapologetic being who she is without like listening to all the voices around her like she gets lots of like terrible comments about mm-hmm. her body she has like a nor first of all everybody is normal yeah but like she just has a beautiful body and because it doesn't fit into this like beauty standard this like thin ideal mm-hmm. that we see everywhere around us it's like villainized right. and she's just like being her hot sexy self and i love that Um, so like when I saw this piece of lingerie, it was like dipping into my fat and I saw like a roll under my belly and like, I was like, okay, like, you know, it was, it was really uncomfortable. I said, I also said, I was like, this is why women don't want to do boudoir shoots. They don't want to feel this. Right. You know, but I'm sure there's ways that you can help folks learn how to pose and that can really unleash something that they didn't realize or an angle or you know, lighting, whatever yeah. it may be, where they can see a totally different side of themselves. Totally. There's a lot of different approaches. I have to figure it out with each individual client, like where they're at and where they want to be. A lot of times it is about not necessarily like showing every insecurity they have. Right. And being like, just love it. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of times it's like a slow process, but because I've been, you know, working on my body image for the last decade, um, and I feel like I was at a place where I was ready to face those things. It doesn't mean it won't be a little bit uncomfortable sure. or there won't be something that I'll have that will come up and I'll need to work through. Um, but I was just like ready to go for it. But if you look at my photo shoots that I done for myself in the past. It wasn't the same. I was wearing a sweater. I was hiding my stomach. I was laying on my belly. Like, mm. and now, like, I was just like so ready to do it. So, like, I shifted my whole mindset, and I felt so sexy during the shoot. I was like so present in my body. Like, but I, I also, yeah, I just had to work through it. And I Definitely. think that's like showing up as you are. Like, that's just like super powerful. It's so cool that like I didn't lose weight for my shoot. I mm-hmm. didn't try to lose weight for my shoot. I'm totally like not in that diet culture world anyway anymore but like I wasn't trying to change myself I wasn't trying to even be like quote unquote the best version of myself Mm -hmm. I was just come as you are yeah yeah as is I love that so I know that you are a body image coach and I really want to get more of your insight on that it's the end of November and this time of year for a lot of people, you know, although we live in Israel, the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas and for us Hanukkah and also we had the Jewish holidays earlier in the year, wherever you're coming from, whenever there's a time where there's a lot of gatherings and family and food centric activities, a lot of people struggle with those conversations that come up during those times. So what is a tip you can offer for navigating this time of year or any time of year where body centric or food centric conversations are coming up? What are your tips? I think the first thing is really 
having an awareness of where you're at and your what your relationship with your body is like right now. That can bring up like so much because then you know like, okay, I'm here right now and having like love and compassion for where you're at. And then you're able to create like the boundaries that you need in those conversations, right? Um, if you don't have an awareness of where you're at, then it just feels like people are like firing all these comments and all these like, you know, conversations at you and you don't really know like where you're at or what your values are even. You're like, oh, like she's bringing up this diet. Like, do I believe in diets? Do I Mm -hmm. not? Like you're more impressionable when you don't have as much understanding of yourself. Yeah. So I would say like really to like sit down with yourself. Like one thing that I always um, offer my clients is to write a letter to their body Mm. and sit down your body and just like let it flow. Like so much comes out. Um, And that like doing things like that, talking to a coach, talking to a therapist who is, um, you know, in that kind of like mindset to help you with um, like a body positive mindset or like someone who has experience working with body image. Not everybody does. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Some people might hit you with that toxic positivity. Love yourself. Love every angle. That's not always where people are ready to start their journey. Yeah. Or like, why do you have to care? Like, like just don't care about the way that you look. Like That's why? like telling yeah. an anxious person, just calm down or telling someone with, uh, you know, struggles with an eating disorder or or some kind of mental health that just stop doing that behavior. Just yeah. eat. Just it's just what's the big deal? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. downplaying like what's really going on and just yeah. telling them to kind of like shut that off. Um, or like I've heard of people telling people just to like, well, you want to love your body. Just like go to the gym and lose weight. Right. Which that is not really the best most effective way and it's definitely not going to be long lasting that's for right, sure right also i saw um that you actually have a guide for folks who are wanting to sort of navigate this time of year so do you want to tell us a little bit more about your guide i saw it, <laughs> it was really cool the way you described it like if you're sick and tired of smiling and nodding when your aunt tells you that you've gained weight or your cousin can't stop talking about their new diet oh my God. So, so i'd love to annoying. tell the listeners more about that guide that you've created yeah i have like a free download that is helping people navigate conversations like you asked me around um body image around diet culture and things like that during the holidays because I feel like the minute you walk into a family gathering it's like oh my god you look so good or you've lost weight or you've gained weight or whatever it may be and it's like hi hello like let's talk about like how we really are you know and it can be really frustrating and also very triggering yeah um so and people don't even especially I feel like the last generation has so much less awareness of like that even being a problem. I also like, think it's a huge thing in Israel where people are so tachless and blunt and straightforward and they give so much unsolicited comments and advice on the way you look. I mean, it's culturally, I think it's part of what we struggle with living here in Israel. I hate Do you that think? though. Like, that it's just like, oh, I'm just being honest. It's almost right. even seen as a good thing. Right. It's like, well, if you have like these toxic <laughs> thoughts about bodies and beauty and whatever, and you're really like, like hard on yourself, even like, I don't want to hear your opinion of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, that's not just, that's not kind. 
Also, it's just a projection. I think a lot of times right. people think that they're trying to be helpful, but so much of that is their own internal struggles just being reflected back at other people, um, yeah. which is annoying. One thing I wanted to talk to you about is I've personally been through where my friends have been struggling through their own issues around their bodies or their weight or whatever it is. And it's hard to maintain joy and laughter and fun let's say when you're out at dinner with a friend who doesn't want to order a certain type of food or you order something that maybe is a bit more of an indulgent meal and they're like oh oh my gosh I could never eat like that looks so good I, I've, I've had experiences with friends like that what's your advice for anybody that maybe has a friend who's just really in a dark place with their own body image and how to navigate them how to help them or where to just draw the boundaries yeah um, I've definitely had clients who have experienced that before. And then it's like, it becomes a conversation about like what they order. And it's like, oh my gosh, can't believe you ordered that. Like, I wish I could do that. Oh my God. Like, you know, it's like a big thing. Um, and first of all, I think like, first of all, keep ordering the food. Like, don't let that change how, you know, you're ordering or what you're going to enjoy. Um, I think that it's not something that can necessarily like, take place at the table necessarily like maybe like to pull that friend aside and just be like hey like I'm here for you like how are you doing with this instead of letting it become like about you and like that like they're judging you you know like like you said it's a projection right so you know that they're deeply judging themselves and they're probably like all they can think about is like the bread on the table that they like can't right. eat you know right quote unquote can't eat right um and, and so I think, yeah, to like pull those people aside, have conversations with them. If, if you're in that type of relationship with them where you do care and you do want to talk with them, um, you can also tell people what your boundaries are in terms of talking about your body and talking about the food that you eat. Say, hey, I don't really feel comfortable with you talking about what I'm ordering yeah. or talking about my body like this, this and this, even if it's a compliment, even if you don't mean anything by it, it's just triggering for me it doesn't work for me mm -hmm. you know so I just think having those conversations that might seem a little bit uncomfortable I think that's really an important too yeah I agree also I've had friends that unfortunately you know our journeys kind of went in different directions and at the end of it I was just kind of like you know I want to surround myself with people who bring a lot of joy into my life and it's not to say that I'm not going to be there for my friends who are experiencing challenges but sometimes you know we talked about this on the last episode but some people will be there throughout your life and throughout your friendships. And sometimes it, you, you kind of have to step back from someone who's on that journey and let them kind of navigate it. I don't know that yeah. those boundaries are super important. Yeah. For sure. And it's not an easy thing to do at all. But I think that reminds me really about how I curate my life towards body positivity. Like sometimes I feel like, oh, my God, the world is so body positive. But I realized, no, I'm actually just like curating my feed, curating my life, like talking to the people that make help me feel that way and have a similar mindset to me in that mm -hmm. realm. But then I'll step out of it and be like, wait, no, we have a really long way to go. Right. But that is really important to make sure that you're around people who help propel you forward on your journey. Um, and that doesn't mean if someone you know, is struggling with someone, you just like cut them out. Right. <laughs> um, 
Um, block them. <laughs> block them. <laughs> That's what I would. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally. If I you've mean, listened to this podcast for a while, you know I like to block people. There's but. <laughs> a lot of people that are like so enmeshed in diet culture that I'm like good friends with even that I will mute. I, I agree. Don't, yeah. I don't necessarily block them, but I mute them. I don't. I don't need to see that kind of marketing where like, especially like business owners and stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's like shame driven marketing. Yeah. And I just go through the stories and I realize I'm not feeling good about myself right now. I feel I'm starting to think I should change my body. I'm starting to think I should go on this diet. Yeah. And you feel like you're the problem. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's been the marketing tactic tactic yeah. for a long time, but I'm just like done with it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to mute them. Give love to them. I know they're a victim of diet culture yeah. too. Um, but I don't want to be there. I also know that a lot of times if you're, I, I just quit my full-time job and now I'm an independent. Woo. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm working for myself now, but I remember a lot of times things that would just fucking piss me off so much. I'd be in the office and it seemed like all that women could talk about at lunchtime was their food, their diets, what they were eating. And I eventually, if you're listening to this, like you don't have to sit with all your coworkers during lunch. I know sometimes you can feel like, you know, Katie Heron in that scene in Mean Girls where she's eating in the bathroom stall, but it doesn't have to be like that. You can remove yourself from those situations and people will respect boundaries. You're not going to lose out on opportunities. If anything, it's probably better and healthier for you. I just can't right. stand. I feel like so often we get together as women and a lot of the things that we talk about is food and how this celebrity looks and how that girl dressed and this and that um do you have any advice for you know maybe creating conversations that are less body centric and getting people on board with that yeah um that really i mean i've had clients who are in the um corporate world mm -hmm. and they tell me like not even women they're like men will come up to me and be like oh my god like are you gonna go to the gym later today because you're eating that now like just asking questions, being like, oh, I wish I had your body so I could eat something mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. Um, and I think what you just said is amazing. Like, yeah, you can go and eat by yourself. Like the way you treat yourself is how other people are going to treat you. And mm -hmm. I've learned that the hard way yeah. <laughs> over over time. Um, but yeah, like I, I generally like when I'm in situations like that, I'll usually... I have to figure out like what the landscape is. I don't just like jump in with like all my passion because yeah, I know that right. that doesn't necessarily help. I'm always available if people want to come to me privately or if they have any questions. Um, usually I'll make one comment like I'm not OK with that or that's not right. cool, that kind of thing. Um, and then I'll switch the subject. So I think, yeah, also once you move away from diet culture, once you heal your relationship with your body, it will just naturally come that you'll talk about other things. I agree. I totally agree. I'm glad you said that. I found that for sure. Sometimes, you know, guys, if you're listening to this, just say something quick and easy. Just say, hey, is it cool if we change the topic? Or I'll point out to people in a way that isn't totally invasive where it's like, how come we're talking, we've been talking about the way that that woman looks for the past 10 minutes? I'm sure we can find other ways to speak about that person. Or I'm sure we could talk about something else. Right. Or you just fucking remove yourself. I can't stand that shit. I swear. It's like one of the things that annoys me the most. And I'm. You find that it's different now that you're in your 30s. Yes, that yeah. definitely helps. Um, obviously, there are new journeys that you come across as you go through your journey of of uh, body acceptance um and i think 
it definitely helps with with a little wisdom. Um, one of the things that I that I love to do is find sort of a self esteem or body image role model, mm-hmm. and I, I I love to think about people who really inspire me to to feel good about my own body image where if you're going into a setting where you know you might be feeling anxious about it you kind of zip yourself up in that suit whether it's like your Rihanna suit or your whoever it is that you really love or your self-esteem role Ashley models Graham, yes oh my gosh exactly you're so fucking hot yes yes um <laughs> and it's like people who it's not like I think we have this idea of like we, we're in a fat phobic society where it's like anyone who is in a larger body like they're lazy, they're this, they're that, they're not disciplined, they're not healthy. It's like total BS. And when we like look at those role models who are like taking care of themselves, like so beautiful, like dressing beautifully, honoring their body and they're in larger bodies, it's just like, yes, like I want some of that. And it's really cool to be able to tap into that which is what I did for my boudoir session that's awesome it's interesting because we're gonna at a time in culture where we have seen a lot of the body standards sort of shifting as you said before we definitely have a long way to go because Mm -hmm. even though people can embrace larger bodies being more represented it's still you know um, an ass that's had a BBL or a big huge giant butt with these unrealistic abs like sometimes right. you just can't have both of those things i think even rihanna most of the time you can't. you can't most of the time you can't i think even rihanna said when she 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 was getting interviewed and she was talking about i'm a little more thick now and you know now i love my ass and my hips but i also <laughs> have like a little bit of a tummy and all these different things and i just think I don't know. Also, right. I, I love to think about Amy Schumer's problematic in her own way, but she was an accept <laughs> she was accepting an award for something uh, I don't know when, year couple years ago. And she said, I'm 160 pounds and I can catch a dick whenever I want. <laughs> and it's just a funny thing to think about because mm. I think No, it's a it's not about catching a dick or getting guys to like you because whatever, but it's true. First of all, I think so much of our body image is centered around if if you're heteronormative and, you know, it's centered around what guys think of your body and the male gaze. And that's a huge thing to to unlearn. Um, mm-hmm. But I can tell you this right now. OK, I'm I'm I got I'm I'm in the body that I'm in. OK, and I love it. And no one, not a single dude has ever had any complaints about cellulite or a little roll or any of that if anything it's added a little more cushion to the cushion and a little bit more fun um what do you think about that and and trying to disconnect yourself from how you're perceived sexually by by dudes I love that you've had that experience like I think that's so even healing in a way like it's not it's not bad to take people's input. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just like a very human mm-hmm. thing. Like this person sees me, this person thinks I'm hot. Like yeah. it feels good. Yeah. Right. Um, but the problem becomes when it, it's all about that or we mm-hmm. feel pressured because of that, or we can't be ourselves because of that. Um, or like society uses it to control us. Like that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, but I've talked to a lot of women in my day and I probably photographed like about a thousand women. Wow. And 
there are people who have not had that experience who either their partners have said things mm. or their boyfriends or husbands i'd like to see them in a fucking boudoir I shoe know. probably looking like a buddy duddy ass <laughs> fucking fucking bomba i know i'm like who gave you the right whatever like it's dude like, you look like a fucking potato like who the hell are you go ahead it's, Sorry. <laughs> it's infuriating and emotionally abusive at the same time also victims of diet culture right um so what was my point <laughs> about being perceived um from their partners like, or from, from their a perspective dude and how that's not necessarily a bad thing to be to like the way that you're perceived by others but disconnecting yourself from from the male gaze i guess yeah yeah it's not it's not necess- yeah so some people like they haven't had that experience so it's like having to find that kind of like um confidence within yourself and within your own values like a big thing for me as i've redefined beauty because of my work Mm -hmm. like i started i started out in the beginning like i have to say like what pretty narrow view of beauty like yeah i was accepting and i never made anyone feel a certain way but like i think in the back of my mind like 10 years ago when i was starting i was like how can i make this person look thinner like it was just how my brain worked i had to really unravel that shit and as my definition of beauty is expanded, I'm like, oh my God, like I can like look at anyone and see the beauty in them. I like love it so much. Like, does it benefit them? No, it benefits me. Yeah. You know? So when I see that people are not attracted to this kind of body type or have things to say about women and blah, 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 I'm like, that is sad for you. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right? I always say, like, anytime somebody comes on one of my, my videos online and says something about the way I look. First of all, I go and I look at them and I'm like, okay, I can see why you're talking shit about me. Right. Um, it's like, you need to make like your hairline and take several steps back, sir. But um, also it's just like, I hope that the hate in their heart heals and that they can learn how to actually process their own shit. Cause I don't know right. personally, if speaking of how to, how to feel better in your body image, most of the time it's like, if you have that that warm warm blooded where you don't need to generate your heat or your confidence or your validation from, from the outside then you're you're in a really good place i always think about you know using a celebrity as as kind of a example of that you have warm blooded versus cold blooded celebrities you have rihanna warm blooded celebrity Versus someone like Kylie Jenner, who's cold-blooded. Nothing nothing inherently bad or good about either of that. But, I mean, if you look at the way that Rihanna holds herself, she has an entire lingerie line. And her career, you would think, is based on how she looks and whatever. But she just goes and does these Fenty shoots oh, with no matter amazing. no matter what skin she's in. And it's just like, you don't even think about her body in it. You just see this reflection, this heat, this warmth versus someone more so like Kylie Jenner, who unfortunately has been a victim of her own environment where she's transformed her whole body through plastic surgery and then still puts filters and Photoshop on everything. And yeah. Um, I, I see her a generate little, like, that. I warmth. am. A, I do watch the Kardashians. Oh, same girl. <laughs> I am a Kardashian fiend. I can. I know more about that family than anybody Seriously. should know. It's. I feel like she is kind of like going on her own little body image journey. Like I'm noticing it a bit. Um, she said something about like being postpartum and how she mm-hmm. had like postpartum depression in this like last season, and she's like, 
but I'm actually okay with my postpartum body. And I thought that was really cool. And I do remember that she posted like a picture of her mm-hmm. belly with her baby. It takes freaking time. It does. It's hard, it does. And we don't know? know what it's like to live in that world. Thank yeah. God. I can't imagine. I yeah. can't imagine. I'm like, you know, if the Kardashians don't have a positive body image, which you see, and like it's a difficult thing that they struggle with, like what chance do the rest of us have? Like they have all the money in the world to like, you know, get any plastic surgery, do anything they want, have any kind of clothing, any kind of beauty service, like, and they still don't feel good about themselves. And it shows that those yep. external things they never are work. not the thing. Yep. I've always said, um, I've heard other creators talk about this and I've said it on the podcast before. The secret to being a hot girl is simply deciding that you are one. Mm, and yes. that's it. I mean, it's not. And if you have to find somebody and, and like I said before, zip yourself up in that confidence suit and even just try to fake it till you make it just decide it i mean rihanna is somebody who has decided that no matter what anybody else says about her and she's been through the fucking ringer i mean even with her experiences with domestic violence and abuse that that's got to mess with somebody's self-esteem but she has decided that she's unshakable and again we're looking at a a prototype and an archetype of a person we don't actually know what rihanna's going through but yeah um right but it also matters like what they put out in the world even if it's not a reflective of their inner world like it's amazing that she is putting out this persona of confidence and loving your body where it's at and like the fenty line is freaking amazing like i go on the website and i'm like i've never seen body positivity to that level and i freaking love it i I live for it i love going on a website it's something as simple as just seeing your body represented on a mega worldwide brands site in underwear and bras i mean fuck we're both millennials right yeah. we grew up in the fucking victoria's secret era i remember mm. one time mom if you if you are still listening you'll <laughs> remember this day i went to victoria's secret with my mom and i was in the peak of my low self-esteem era in my early 20s and i had a fucking ta- like tantrum meltdown in a victoria's secret because all i saw all around the store was was these pictures that I just didn't live up to and the models wow. everywhere and I just wanted to go get some fucking underwear. What a and, visceral experience. And then I took it out on my mom and I had this whole like moment and and now just to be able to see like if you go on, you know, Good American speaking of the Kardashians or Skims or Fenty, I know that there's a lot that we can criticize about a lot of these celebrities, but right. at the same time I think it's important to embrace how far we have come, even though we still have a long way to go. Right. Same thing with ourselves, yeah. our own journeys. Yeah. Like, you know, we're preaching like, just be confident and like, love yourself where you're at. But, you know, and we mentioned in this episode, like, it does take time. And if you're not there yet, that's okay, too. It is. It is okay. And I love how you've mentioned things that you said before meet yourself where you're at, embrace where you're at. You don't have to get it perfect every single time. And I think that's a huge, um, you know, tip from a coach about body, like body image. Right. Uh, just, just meet yourself where you're at. Right. And it's always going to ebb and flow. And I think the difference for me now is like, I have so many resources, so many tools to come back home to myself, Mm -hmm. to come back my body and, I didn't have those five, 10 years ago. So there was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. Except go to the outside and be that cold-blooded animal, but spoken like a true warm-blooded animal, Mm -hmm. which um, speaking of, I think I have a sense of what your sign is based on our conversation. I'm so interested. Okay. I know that you really embrace sensuality. 
Also, for those of you who, who can't see us right now, Rebecca actually brought us some sufganiyot, which is another clue. And I, <laughs> I see that you embrace sensuality and you have really good taste. I'm getting earth sign vibes, but not Virgo or Capricorn. Are you a Taurus? Yes. She is. Oh, my God. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love I it. I feel so seen. Okay. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yes. I've, I've tried to guess guests. Um signs before and been unsuccessful so oh yay, wow I'm happy. that I'm was happy so that. on point i love um, it and i do feel very connected to my signs ugh, we love a good taurus um now for anybody who may be listening to this who's curious about a boudoir session and may want to book one what can they expect and tell us how they might be able to get their own yeah so i first of all if you want to follow me i also am very passionate about representing all different kinds of bodies and all different kinds of women. Um, so I do that very frequently on my Instagram, um, Rebecca Segala Boudoir. Um, it will all be you, linked in the show notes. Don't awesome, worry. Awesome. Um, and if, if you want to reach out to me, basically what I do is I offer like a free discovery call. I feel like those calls are really transformative because it helps people like we were talking about earlier is have just some awareness and clarity about where they're at with their relationship with their body. And also see if a boudoir experience is something that's right for them at mm -hmm. this time in their life and if we're a good fit. Yeah. Um, so that's really, you know, helps my clients make that empowering decision like yes or no. Do they want this experience and is it good for them? Um, so, yeah, I would definitely reach out to me like either on Instagram or you can email me or whatever it may be. Um, and we'd start that process. Um, through the process, like I said before, there's like a lot of, um, there's coaching, there's preparation guidance, mm -hmm. there's handholding if you want, if you want that. Right. Um, and really also like, you know, a collaborative artistic vision that I work on with my clients because I want their images to really feel like them. I want them to look at them and be like, wow, that's me. Mm -hmm. It like, it's very life affirming, I think. Yeah. And I can imagine like my clients looking at them years and years down the line and just like having that really like proud whole mm -hmm. beautiful moment with themselves um so yeah there is a whole lead up to it um i have my studio in a fraught um so yeah that's that's really the boudoir experience and also like it comes with there's different packages and it comes with different things like i have like gorgeous keepsake albums um i have wall art if people want cool. that which is really cool what about hair and makeup if someone doesn't know how to do their hair and makeup for that kind yeah, of thing so that's also included in okay. all of the packages awesome um even if people want to do it like really natural it's just like such a nice experience to be pampered someone to do your hair and makeup you don't have to think about that mm -hmm. like and have that transition going into your session because when we we do the hair and makeup i i brought the soufgani oat from this bakery that's next door, Pat Bamela. Yeah. No, I'm excited um, to try. Yeah, it's a really awesome bakery. So I usually like get stuff from the bakery and we get coffee, we listen to music nice. and hang out. It's like girlfriends, mm -hmm. like just chilling. Um, and by the end of hair and makeup, people usually feel a lot less nervous, a lot more like just ready for the experience. Um, cool. Yeah, that's the boudoir experience. And also, um, yeah, it's just really special. Awesome. And if someone specifically wants coaching, then I'm starting a group coaching program starting in oh awesome yeah. i was just going to ask you if if anybody wants to sign up for coaching where can they find more information out about body image coaching yeah same thing instagram email me um i have this amazing 12-week course and group coaching program that i'm launching next week actually and then it's going to be starting in january um and my approach to body image is very holistic it's not just like 
change your thoughts or mm-hmm. start doing this one thing. It's like really like a whole like awareness and life shift and mindset shift. Um, so it's everything from like redefining beauty to tapping into our sexuality and our pleasure um, to creating community and a support system to our, for ourselves. And the amazing thing I feel like about the group coaching is just like what we were talking about today where we live in a society that is not really like helping us love our bodies in any way. And so when we surround ourselves with people who want that and want to move from diet away from diet culture, that's just really powerful because we're like, we can take our source of just like um, confidence and like the values we have around body positivity and just like strengthen them and know that there's other people there to support it. So um, that's what's really powerful about that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Surround yourself with people who think the way that you do and not necessarily yeah. in an echo chambery mm-hmm. kind of way where you're not open to other people's perspectives or you're not willing to help other friends who are struggling with that. But that's one thing. I mean, my friends and I don't sit around and talk about diets or our body yeah. image or pick at our cellulite or anything like that. And I'm really grateful that in, you know, in my time, I've been able to to figure out how to do that. So. And you, yeah, you made that choice for yourself and that's it really cool and empowering. It is a choice. Yeah, it is cool. Well, Rebecca, thank you so, so much. Is there anything else you want to leave our audience with before we wrap up? I think so. This was awesome. I love talking to you. I thank love your you. podcast. Thank you so much. I had to binge a few episodes before I came and thank I just you. was like laughing and like resonating so much with your content. So thank you. thank you for being you and like putting out your magic in the world. I appreciate that. And uh, I did a, a boudoir session years ago for what? an ex-boyfriend. Now yeah, you tell, I know. I should have brought that up session. sooner. I should have I should have brought it up sooner. But um, yeah, I, I think I want to do another one because that was for someone else. It didn't feel totally authentic. The makeup was really bad and I didn't feel like myself and we've got to rectify that situation yeah we do we do cool all right well for those of you who want to follow along uh with Rebecca definitely check out her Instagram Rebecca Sigala Boudoir is that yes that's it okay and everything will be linked in the show notes and you can head over to my Instagram at Margo explains it all she will be tagged in the promo post for this episode and I want to give a special shout out again to thought leaders for giving us this awesome space to record today and thanks for listening and until next time I'll hear you little hookers whores prostitutes and slats in the next one go get your boudoir photo shoots yeah all right guys talk to you in the next one Bye for now.